All right, folks. Um, although you know our podcast shit, let me introduce myself. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is Yami. I'm Bailey. <laughs> and you are listening to an anonymous podcast on all things sober and, you know, feminist and awesome. So, um, down to the business. This is a political, um, somewhat political episode in that we are going to be talking of, about... Um, a bucket beer and our premier and uh, that rhymes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really talking about the implications that it has on Ontarians as we live in Ontario and sobriety. And we will keep it at that. Um, but yeah, there's real impl- implications. And from what I've seen, I, I haven't really seen a conversation about a bucket beer outside of, you know, honing in on a context of what it means for people um, who are trying to stay sober or struggle with addictions in in, in relation to alcohol specifically um, and drugs as well. But our podcast focuses on alcohol, so that's what we're sticking to. Um, and so, um, <laughs> Bailey's typing away. Uh, but I'm just trying to find, uh, this was the article I was looking for in Flair oh, Magazine. There we go. By Ann T. Donahue. Um, mm. And we can put this in our show notes, but basically it's about what a buck of beer feels like to an alcoholic. So I was just looking for it so that we can ah, credit this, this article because um, I thought it was quite good. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't know, what were your initial feelings about a buck of beer when it came you know, what are the initial thoughts that you had? Because I had a lot of feelings, so. Yeah, I I just, like, was so disappointed in that. Sometimes I feel, like, so spoken down to, I feel like, by politicians. And, mm-hmm. like, to me, like, that's just such a lowest common denominator mm. appeal. Like, I mean, I get it. People want affordable beer, fine. But, like, this whole thing of, like a buck of beer, if I promise a buck of beer, it's going to get me elected. Like, I don't know. I just felt like, I just felt like, don't you think your voters are smarter than that? Like, mm-hmm. don't you think Ontarians are asking for something more than cheap beer? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's such a viable thing to, to say. And I think where it really pushed me over the edge was after our premier, um, got elected and uh started cutting services um Mm -hmm. and so when you put it in this like paradoxical um when you put it into perspective what does it mean when your platform and also your your push after your platform to implement the bucket beer and also making alcohol more accessible in community spaces whether it be like you know like in the states where you can go to a convenience store and get alcohol at the corner what does it mean to make it that much more readily accessible? And you know what? That's fair and fine. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to make alcohol more accessible for people, that's fair and fine. But I think you need to really think about the implications of what you are doing, right? And so you have that happening. And then at the same time, you have a real cut to social services as well as mental health um, services and services that focus on addictions. And in conjunction with that, you're also cutting, you know, um, or potentially going to cut more um, services that would support, um, you know, uh, specifically marginalized groups or clumping Mm -hmm. ministries into one. And so priorities then are not as clear cut. And so 
as someone who chooses to live a sober, sober life, and as, as many people I know who have used mental health and addiction services to kickstart or support them around uh, their journey of sobriety, and to know that our government is cutting that and then really reinforcing this I, a buck of beer, like, I don't, I don't read the article, so maybe you can give a bit more mm-hmm. um, depth to it, but um, what does that actually mean in terms of recognizing not only social determinants of health, but how we exist. Like, if mm-hmm. alcohol is more accessible than a fucking mental health counselor, and I know that there's wait lists and all that shit, but, like, if alcohol is more accessible than a mental health counselor, like, that's the shit I'm going to go to, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be my default of, of how to cope, and especially if it there's historical aspects in terms of my family or, you know, other other factors that would be named in terms of, like, social determinants of health. Like, I am going to defer to alcohol. And if it's a dollar, then that that's what I'm going to do. And I just think it's it makes me so angry, so incredibly angry that... This is a platform where our government doesn't care about health and it and in a in a very nuanced way, right? And isn't able to see like really truly this is for folks who claim to be an intersectional feminist, yes, I'm throwing shade. This is what mm-hmm. intersectionality is about, is mm-hmm. how power and play impact systems and then impact people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's real I have feelings. I have a lot of feelings and I'm upset, like Drake said. Yeah, it seems like almost like a marketing strategy Mm -hmm. to the bros of Ontario. Like, it just was like, it just makes me think of, like, dudes in Kingston at the cottage. You know, like, that's, I just feel like that's who he's talking to. Who asked for this? My question. No, legit. Who asked for this? Someone, please, let us know who asked for this. Because we're missing, like... That those, I'm pretty sure that those dudes are not the majority of the Ontario community. Like, especially mm-hmm. when I think about the um, ridings and wards and area that Doug Ford comes from, there are huge groups in that population who don't drink at all or ever drink, and it's not culturally relevant at all to them that there be a buck of beer because it just has nothing to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, I don't understand. I don't understand why it was such a priority, and and it happened so fast. He made it happen so fast. Listen, one thing I will give this man is that he's efficient. (laughs) Efficient at cutting off shit and and like pushing forward. And I know there was some resistance from brewing companies that were like, uh, a bucket beer. Like, do you know how much it costs to make beer? Like, it's it's not even gonna be cost effective for us and i know that there was um uh, a bar i think in ottawa that threw some shade that was like oh, oh we're gonna do a buck of beer but all of the money's gonna go to like immigrant and refugee communities yeah it was like, dominion city brewery yeah yeah they they did do buck of beer they charged the regular price for their beer and then added a dollar to it which then was contributed to i think yeah like refugee 613 or something like mm. that so because, yeah. yeah, again, it even goes into just, like, think about the quality of the people making your beer. If the labor. Yeah, if you're only paying a dollar per beer, what do you think they're getting paid? Right? And, like, yeah. <laughs> or treated. Or, like, how they're being... There's just so many things wrong. Um, did you want to share what the article went we, into? You, she says very, very much the same sort of oh, things okay. you did, where, like, when we look at the mental health crisis, when we look at the opioid crisis, yeah. you know, we're cutting 
and stopping safe injection sites and drug testing centers like mm-hmm. in the process, but then making beer and marijuana widely available. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think in some ways it's a bit silly to say some things are better than other things. I don't, I, we don't know the effects, uh, you know, like, well, I, I guess we do know the effects, but like, I'm just, to me also the conversation about consent is really lacking. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard enough conversation at all about marijuana and consent. Mm. And then of course we know that the buck of beer thing, Alcohol is most widely used in drug-facilitated sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also coincides with the beginning of school. Farah Khan, um, you can find her on Twitter. She had some great tweets about this, about how just, like, we've, we've cut the sex ed curriculum. We are making drugs widely available. We're making, well, marijuana widely available. And then, of course, beer is going to be way cheap. And then we're just going to send everybody to mm-hmm. school, to mm-hmm. orientation week. Without yep. any sex ed training <laughs> and with beer, very affordable. Yeah. And, you know, again, what it comes down to for me is that, like, choose whatever. You can do whatever you want to do, right? Like, if you want to drink that, like we've always said on this podcast, that we're operating from a harm reduction model. We're not here to, to try to preach or convert people. We're here for folks that are trying to get sober. Mm-hmm. And I think that as someone who pays taxes, as someone who um, is trying to live a sober life, and you know, the government is supposed to act in the best interests of people, right? Mm-hmm. That is the goal. And when we have a government that is not necessarily acting in the best interest, not necessarily not acting in the best interest of the people or a very small min- majority minority um, who are also going to be impacted by his decisions. What does it mean to to cut services that support mental health and addiction and 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 put a platform out there and really push companies to have this bucket beer to make it more accessible? Like I said, great if it's more accessible, but do not cut mental health services, right? Like, mm-hmm. do not cut mental health services. Be, like, recognize the impacts of your decisions. And I just don't think that this government's doing that. And it's just, I mean, we're in for a ride. I think it's like, what, month three, month four? Yeah. Like, we are so in for a ride. And it, it really does scare me, um, you know, what's going to, to happen in these next. But I know that at the same time, there's a lot of folks that are doing some phenomenal resistance work and speaking about these issues. And so I think that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. Is there? No, that's all. No. Yeah, that covers it for me. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unanonymous Podcast. You can send us an email at unanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at unanonymousp, on Instagram at unanonymous underscore project. And our intro music is by acceleratedideas.com and it's called Fade Away. Fade Away.